Have you ever heard someone say that there is no such thing as a stupid question? I'll be honest with you, I disagree with that statement. Because there are all kinds of stupid questions. Let me give you some examples. These are actual questions that were asked during a job interview. You tell me whether they're stupid or not. How many warnings do I get before your fire? Can I see the break room? What does this company consider an acceptable absenteeism policy? Is it easy to get away with stuff around here? Can I call my therapist before I answer that question? See, those are stupid questions. But there is one question that is never stupid. It's this question. What is the wise thing to do? See, that's why wisdom is so important. It's the key to avoiding what everyone wants to avoid. Regret. Think about your greatest regret in your life. Just take a second, picture it in your head. Whatever that greatest regret you've ever had, once you got that there, ask yourself, could it have been avoided if you had asked yourself what the wise thing to do actually was? See, nobody plans on messing up their life. The problem is they don't seek wisdom beforehand. And in fact, some of us actually purposely avoid wisdom. Call it rationalization. You skip that morning workout because we need our rest. You eat a quart of ice cream because, you know, everyone needs to live a, live a little bit now and then. We charge our credit card to the max. Well, it was on sale. The Bible talks about wisdom all throughout the Bible. Let me give you an example from Ephesians chapter 5. It says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The Bible doesn't just highlight wisdom. It gives us wisdom. And nowhere is wisdom more concentrated than in the book of Proverbs. And that's what this series is going to be about. It's going to be about wisdom for life, looking at the book of Proverbs. We're going to walk through the book and look at some of the biggest issues that come up in our lives. Marriage, parenting, relationships, sex, money, jobs, even more. But first, let me set it up. Beginning with why Proverbs is considered to be the great wisdom book in the Bible. So a little background the book was mostly written by Solomon, the son of 
famed King David, who we learned a couple weeks ago, had slayed the giant Goliath. David was a great military leader, but he also fell into moral disarray with Bathsheba. Solomon was David's son, the second child between David and Bathsheba. And Solomon had a defining moment in his life. And it came during a dream. We find that in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let me read it to you. It says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David. Because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant in place of my father David. But I am only a little child. And do not know how to carry, all, carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen. A great people. Too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke. The story of Solomon's great wisdom. It's divine in its origin, supernatural in its insight, and the payoff was amazing. The success of his reign was unparalleled. He initiated extensive building projects. He led Israel into economic prosperity. He had peace with the neighboring countries. In fact, here's how the Bible talks about that great gift. In chapter 4 of 1 Kings, it says this, God gave Solomon wisdom and a very great insight. And a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sands on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than any other man. 
And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. And his songs numbered 1,005. He described plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also taught about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. Men of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So what does this have to do with going through Proverbs looking for wisdom? has everything to do with it. See, the book of Proverbs is the record of Solomon's God-given wisdom. So what's a proverb? A proverb is a short, compact, direct statement that expresses truth. Statements that package and deliver wisdom. Bringing wisdom to bear on the basics of life. They tell us the truth about the way things really work. And most of the time, they say what the wise thing to do and then follow up with what the foolish thing to do. And most of them can be pretty direct. Maybe even on the verge of being blunt. Let me give you some examples Proverbs chapter 6 verses 27 through 29 says, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is a man who sleeps with another man's wife. Proverbs 11:22 says, Like a gold ring in a pig's snout, is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Proverbs 25, 17 says, Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and he will hate you. See what I mean? Kind of, kind of blunt at times. Now, before we get into these specific areas that Proverbs explores, and that we're going to look at week after week, things like money and self-discipline, work and marriage, what to say and how to say it, relationships, each week a different topic about our daily life. But before we get into that, there's one big underlying dynamic. And it's about the wisdom of wisdom. That living wisely is, well, wise. Living wisely is the key to our success. But if we're honest, that's also the problem. Because we don't generally ask what the wise thing to do is. You know what we tend to ask? Is there anything wrong with this? How close can I get to the line between right and wrong without actually doing something wrong? How close can I get to sin without actually sinning? How far over the line between good and bad can I get without experiencing any consequences? See, 
If those are your questions, let me tell you what your last question will likely be. That last question will likely be, how did I get myself into this mess? So the key is, change your question. Don't ask, is there anything wrong with it? Ask what the wise thing to do is. Wouldn't that have changed your life? If you had done, if you had figured out what the wise thing to do was in every decision, wouldn't that have changed your life? Go back to that decision that you regret. What was that decision that you wish you could go back and undo? What was that relationship you wish you could do over? Can you see how some or maybe even all of the regret could have been avoided if you had just asked and then applied the best question? What is the wise thing to do? You see, that one big idea is all throughout the book of Proverbs. It gives all kinds of specific wisdom and it keeps making the case for choosing to do the right, the wise thing. Because knowing it and doing it are two separate things. Real wisdom knows that doing wisdom is everything. So let me show you what I mean. And we're going to look at just one chapter in the book of Proverbs. All from the 10th chapter of Proverbs. Let me show you what it says. Wise son, glad father. Stupid son, sad mother. A good and honest life is a blessed memorial. A wicked life leaves a rotten stench. Honestly, honesty lives confident and carefree, but shifty is sure to be exposed. The wage of a good person is exuberant life. An evil person ends up with nothing but sin. The nightmare of the wicked come true. What the good people desire, they get. When the storm is over, there's nothing left of the wicked. Good people, firm on their rock foundation, aren't even faced. The fear of God expands your life. A wicked life is a puny life. The aspirations of good people end in celebration. The ambitions of bad people crash. And then finally, good people last. They can't be moved. The wicked are here today and gone tomorrow. You catch a theme there? Let me give you one more verse. This time's from Proverbs 14 that puts wisdom as straight as I think you can get it. 
It says this. It says, there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell. Sure, those people appear to be having a good time, but all that laughter will end in heartbreak. You see, here's what wisdom is about. In life, there's cause and effect. Input and output. What you sow and what you reap. And that's a huge theme throughout the book of Proverbs. Because it's true. So often, we shoot ourselves in the foot. We see ourselves as the victim. And the problem is always out there somewhere. It's never here with me. Think about someone who fails at a job. They don't show up on time. They don't call the people who they are supposed to call back. They don't treat people courteously. They don't admit their mistakes when they make them. They don't cooperate with their coworkers. They don't work hard. Bottom line is, they aren't wise. So what happens to them? They don't do well in that career. They get passed over promotion. They may even get fired. They go from job to job and they never succeed. People who fail relationally, financially, with their kids, there is a direct link between how we live, whether wise or foolish, and how our life goes. Indeed, this is the most basic, most foundational lesson that wisdom brings to our life. And it's also the one that we neglect the most. It's as if we don't believe that we'll ever pay for what we do, that we'll never have to face any consequences. Or that somehow there'll be an exception made in our case. So Proverbs will challenge us about wisdom. When you ask that best question, what's the wise thing to do? And then you follow it and you do it, life generally is good. But when you don't, life is bad. So it's a choice. So here's the last 5%. And it, in, it involves language that is a little bit uncomfortable. See, the heart of doing the wise thing is the fear of God. Let me give you a taste of what Proverbs has to say about this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear the Lord and shun evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord adds length to life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. 
through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. And then finally, the fear of the Lord leads to life. You see, there's more about the fear of the Lord in the book of Proverbs than any other book in the Bible. Why is that? Because it's wise to fear the Lord. Now, the fear of God lies at the very heart of wisdom, but we have to understand what the Bible means by fear. It doesn't mean cowering in fright as if God is out to get you. It's not about God being mad at you to where you have to walk around on eggshells. That's, that's not who God is. God is loving and compassionate and merciful and full of grace. We don't have to approach God in fear, but as sons and daughters. So what does Proverbs mean by fear? See, the phrase, the fear of God, is about respect for God, honor for God, acknowledging his authority and obeying his commands. See, that's a life that knows the wisdom of wisdom, not just being hearers of it, but doers of it. And if you're up for that, the next few weeks, I believe, can be life-changing. Because you're going to see God's wisdom and what it can do for your life. Everything begins with asking and then answering that best question ever. What is the wise thing to do. And then once you ask that question and you figure out what the answer is, then living out that answer. Because that is the key to wisdom. That is the key to a good life. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for the ability that we have to open up your book of the Bible, to open up the book of Proverbs, and that you gave Solomon all of this wisdom that he can then impart to us. Help us to always ask that question, what the wise thing to do is. Because if we do that, if we ask the question, if we seek your guidance, and then we follow your instructions, we know that we will have a life that will shine, that you will smile on, and that we will be able to be a shining light in the community. Help us. Help us to not think about what we want the answer to be, but help us to seek your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.